This is Dave Bayless. I'm speaking with Tom McMakin, the CEO of Profitable Ideas Exchange. In this episode, we're going to touch upon three topics. First, Tom is going to explain what he means by the term expert services. Second, he'll make a distinction between how expert services are sold compared to tangible products and other services. Third, Tom will make a suggestion about how to sell expert services effectively. Tom, what do you mean by expert services? You know, uh, we're all familiar with the distinction between goods and services, right? So if I sell toilet paper or ice cream, I'm selling goods. And if I sell my time, whether I'm a dental hygienist or an accountant, then I'm selling services. The, The question is, is there a further distinction within services that make sense. And, and I guess in my experience that there, there is, that uh, someone that sells expertise where there's a lot of value add is different than someone that purely sells uh, their time. So think, for example, about janitorial services, where you're buying someone's time to mop the floor by the hour versus a very experienced mergers and acquisition uh, attorney who comes in and talks to you about your strategic options. So I think of th- that latter category where someone's giving you the benefit of their experience and their expertise as someone who sells expert services. Now, a really good question is, how is that different from professional services? Because forever, we've had attorneys and accountants, and they've been called professional services. I I guess I want to expand the definition of professional services to include a whole new generation of experts. You see, the thing with professional services is that they are they're a kind of guild where there's a bar or a CPA organization that sets standards that allows some people to become CPAs or become an attorney. There's a test. There's a certain amount of schooling that you need to take. And, and those traditionally have been called professional services. But what about the web designer? What about the HR consultant? What about the, the landscape consultant? None of those people are traditionally thought of as professional services. And so there is this kind of wider category that's larger than professional services, but is a subset of all services called people who sell their expertise or expert services sales. How does selling expert services differ from other kinds of selling? So selling expert services is different in the sense that expert services are sold on reputation or referral or relationships. Not like goods, which are sold on on features and attributes. Take, for example, a laptop. If you're going to buy a laptop, you're going to want to look at its price. You're going to want to look at its weight, processor speed, number of pixels, maybe its color, the screen size. These are all elements of the laptop that are going to help you um, make a decision. You might be able to get on the internet and see a comparative spreadsheet on those features across several different laptops and then optimize on the laptop that you think makes the most sense. But take an example of someone that provides expert services. Let's say it's a, an attorney. You're not going to uh, go online and look for an attorney based on features. I mean, when was the last time you sort of drove through town and saw a big billboard that said, Tom, expert attorney, cheapest one in town. No one does that. No one Googles expert attorney and just picks the first name at the top of the list. Chances are you would ask 
somebody else. You'd say, you know what? I know a guy that I went to college with and he became an attorney. Maybe I'll call him up and ask him for a recommendation in our market for somebody that is a good mix of quality and price. So when you're buying expert services, you're buying on reputation or referral or track record or past relationship versus when you're buying goods, you're buying on features or attributes. I think I understand the distinction you're making, but one of the things I've observed is particularly with the higher end of markets, let's pick the laptop market, you know, more powerful, more expensive, latest, greatest, thinnest Apple product, for instance, that I think a case can be made that even among tangible products, that very often the key selling points go beyond functional attributes and extend into how the products make people feel. You know, see with luxury automobiles or luxury products maybe in general, there's an essence of an emotional or experiential component. So is it a matter of just relative price or is it really a distinction between services and tangible products? You know, I mean, if, if you go to Disneyland, you could make the case that the Mickey Mouse doll that you buy, a product, you're not really buying that on, on kind of purely features and attributes. And so I, I guess what I would say is that there's a range, right? At one end of the spectrum, there are products and perhaps even some services that we buy purely on features and attributes. And at the other end of the range, there are services and in some cases products that we buy based on how they make us feel or the value that they add to our lives in an intangible way. The point of this distinction is not to sort of lay out absolutes, but rather to sort of make the case that a lot of what we learn about selling in school, namely that we ought to communicate clearly the benefits of the good that we're trying to sell, doesn't always apply when we're selling expert services. So that's the hitch, isn't it? So we, on the one hand, have developed very focused niches within the realm of our expert services. And the real differentiators are intangibles, things like reputation, credibility, and trust. And it seems like it makes it doubly hard then if you're selling very specific advice to people that with relatively lower expertise, kind of by definition, how do they learn that you as a service provider are reputable and credible and incompetent? How do you develop the perception of those intangible aspects? Yeah, so that's the $64 question. I think the short answer is you don't talk about your expertise, you demonstrate your expertise. You find an opportunity to demonstrate your expertise. So that can take several forms, right? You can have worked with somebody before and they know you to be a value-added team member, somebody that adds a lot of value based on their experience and their, their kind of uh, wisdom in a certain niche. So that's one way people demonstrate their expertise. You know, people write books, and that's a way in which they demonstrate their books and their, their expertise. And it's a, it's a proven method that people that publish books are thought to be expert in their space and increase the amount of consulting work that they do with potential clients. A sort of more bite-sized way of demonstrating expertise in the publishing sphere is to publish a white paper or uh, write an article for a magazine or publish you know, five tips on a very specific subject on your LinkedIn account 
is broadly called thought leadership. But the general idea is that by not talking about your expertise, but showing your expertise and adding value to the people that you most want to serve in advance of the sale is the best way to sort of cultivate a relationship off of which you can scope business.